never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. week's episode of the top five report the podcast that always engages below the hard deck my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter here i don't know i'm experiencing major deja vu right now this is major deja vu so um you guys are getting a condensed first half of the show i apologize we experienced some very strange uh, technical difficulties, if you will. We were literally recording the show. Suddenly, Skype closed, dropped the whole thing. So we basically have to redo like 40 minutes of like talking. Um, so we're gonna try and like redo almost an entire show and try and cut this short if we can to try and catch things up because we have jobs that we have to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. In the realm of being busy, I will uh, do this. Um, it was Celebration Week, uh, Star Wars Celebration Week. I watched a ton of it, and I was able to squeeze in a viewing of Top Gun and Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, which our Obi-Wan review, I really think, Peter, since we have to redo our Obi-Wan review, and you said that you haven't had a chance to watch the third episode, let's be very in-depth about Obi-Wan next week once you're caught up with me. <laughs> That makes sense. How does that how does that sound? <laughs> yeah, that works. So to to really speed this up a little bit for Peter and I, because um, ultimately we want to talk about Top Gun and we could probably just keep going about that anyway. Uh, <laughs> I really liked Obi Wan, Peter. How about you? <laughs> oh no, no, it was it's it's been good so far. Um, just a peek behind the curtain. We had a little bit of a disagreement about. Um, in the last recording that we totally lost, uh, we had a bit of a dis- disagreement about um, whether Lo- Obi-Wan should have um, kind of like left his post w- uh, watching over Luke to. Uh, oh, we're, we're going into spoilers right away, by the way. But uh, should he have left that post to uh, go um, try to, uh, you know, rescue Leia? And um, I think I was kind of saying that like he's the. Uh, <laughs> This this feels so goofy, like retreading a lot of the we're same stuff. We're trying to retread a lot. We're basically trying to rehab a conversation with each other, and it's bizarre. Um, um, but basically, what I was saying is, I kind of wish that the uh, the other Jedi on uh, Tatooine, who is kind of on the run, instead of them having that character die, like instead of having the Inquisitors use him as an example, I kind of wanted like Obi Wan to almost decide to use that Jedi to watch over Luke as he went and uh, looked over Leia and drew like one of the things like you brought up that was, I thought was a really good point is that nobody really knows about Luke at this point. So Obi-Wan kind of was like, well, you know, if I do leave this planet to go rescue Leia as a bail Organa wants me to, um, 
it's probably going to be okay because nobody really knows that Luke's there. And Obi-Wan does have that sort of um, responsibility to look over both of those characters. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of seeing both sides of it, but I was saying earlier too, that um, the the show just came out. And I think as new episodes come out, we're going to ha- kind of readdress this uh, debate here. Cause I think it is really interesting. Um I was just going to say something else that I can't remember, but um, yeah, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on (laughs) Obi-Wan? Well, my thoughts on Obi-Wan ultimately, like the show is fantastic. Are you getting text messages or something, by the way? No, I shouldn't be. I'm hearing like, there's like beeping going on. Like someone's trying to like get through here. Um, Yeah, no, nothing on my end. I don't know. It could have been just a background noise, maybe, or something. I don't know. There's so much, like, Skype's being really weird tonight, everybody. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I really, I don't know how else to describe it. Skype's just being bizarre. Um, No, Obi-Wan, it was, it's really interesting to sit through Celebration and all the interviews and the panels and listen to Ewan and Hayden and all that talk and then break away when the celebration footage was started and then go watch Obi-Wan, knowing that everyone at Celebration was watching Obi-Wan, too. It was kind of cool in that Star Wars kind of moment, if you will. Um, yeah. The the thing about Obi-Wan is that they're off to, like, the most perfect start. And what I was saying before we lost the feed, apparently, um, was that <laughs> Luke, everyone, everyone heavily criticized Luke for turtling away on Octu and, you know, turning himself away from the force and all that stuff because he thought he, because he felt he failed. And when you look at Obi-Wan, you get almost that mirrored moment. It's the star Wars ring theory, if you will, where Obi-Wan and Yoda felt they failed and they had to respond. And their response to that was to turtle away and wait for the right moment to come back. So you had, um, so you have, them waiting and watching for Luke and Leia to get older. So whoever prevails is the one they're you know, they're the new hope, if you will. So they're just kind of biding their time. So Luke in a weird way, I guess was kind of doing that too, but he was expecting no one to come out because Luke, as far as he was concerned, there was no more Jedi out there. Um, but Obi-Wan is, you know, he's sitting by Luke and then, you know, he's <laughs> Owen hates him. So, He's yeah. like, why am I here? And then he gets the call to go rescue Leia. And as much as he doesn't want to abandon Luke, he knows he feels responsible because they're Anakin's kids. Um, and that's. And I that's think there's a level of hard about it. So also thinking about it, there's a level of um, bail and you can see this in. Um, I I can't remember. I think it might have been the first episode. I Yeah, I think it's the first episode when um, the Inquisitors are like asking the crowd, like, does anybody know? of any Jedi's here and stuff. And you could really see this level of um, gumption and uh, did I say bail? I meant Owen, but you can really see this oh, level yeah. of like, he's going to do anything to uh, protect his family, um, including Luke, uh, obviously. And I think there's uh, I don't know. It's one thing for Luke to be uh, at like his aunt and uncle's house and like having that protection while Leia is kind of like a sitting duck unprotected who knows where and who knows who she's with. So I guess you can 
look at that decision that Obi-Wan had to make, and it does kind of make more sense the more you think about it. Um, Oh, the other thing I was thinking about, like, because this is kind of our second time having this discussion, but after we had it, I was thinking a lot about uh, The Walking Dead, obviously enough, and how Rick Grimes is that character who's always ready to... um, there's so many times in that show that he like puts everything on the line to save one character. And it's one of those, like, if I can't save one life, like none of our lives are worth it. And I kind of feel like I see that a little bit in Obi-Wan's decision, uh, in this show, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, that does make sense. Um, I yeah. like with that. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, I know you haven't watched the third episode yet. I'm up to par. Um, you're I cannot wait this the, the third episode is incredibly incredibly intense and I can't wait to see what you got to say about it um so I think it'll be great to get more of a review from you after you get a chance to catch up um absolutely so yeah ultimately though let's rehash our conversation about Top Gun Maverick um <laughs> right on. because we both saw that um <laughs> I like what's what's funny to me is like how we just lost all this audio. And then I feel like this episode is just going to be like me and you passively aggressively, like just grumpily redoing reviews that we already did. But yeah, like, um, like we loved the movie, but seriously, we're talking about this again because Skype was weird. Um, um, no, like so my review of Top Gun comes from someone who has burned through multiple copies of VHS tapes back in the day of the original Top Gun and, you know, bought it on Blu-ray, bought it on DVD as soon as I could, and then bought it on Blu-ray when they released that, made sure my copies were up to date. Um, This movie hit on emotional levels so much so that, like, you started to feel the emotional weight when you saw, like, the title cards going. It's not really a crawl the way it is with Star Wars, but... It's the emotional weight of that opening paragraph about Top Gun and then seeing the title on screen and then hearing the theme song and then right to Danger Zone because it puts you back in that pilot seat so fast. It just takes you back immediately. Um, thoughts on that opening sequence, Peter? Yeah, I, it was just amazing. It's um, I like that you compared it to Star Wars because I... I've told this story on the podcast before, but when I I remember going to see Force Awakens in the theaters and uh, once that opening crawl started, I had this like I almost rolled rolled a tear because I really had this moment of like I didn't realize how much I missed this feeling of seeing a new Star Wars movie. And uh, the way that Top Gun opened and how it's so similar, like it's all it starts out exactly the same as the previous movie, but then you go into the. Uh, new footage and everything and of course like the Top Gun Maverick uh, title card and stuff and it felt so familiar that it was like such a good way to open the film like it just it got me pumped up and it got me feeling emotional again and it was just yeah it was just awesome it was perfect um not only that but so the we talked in previous weeks because I I was trying to pump this movie up because like in that sense of I couldn't wait to see it knowing that they put the IMAX cameras in the real jets like that it was all real they mounted them on the outside of the planes they put them in the cockpits with the pilots because they you can't act g-forces um and (laughs) why are you laughing oh 
just because I like the I like the phrase. It's all good. <laughs> oh, that you can't act G forces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's so funny? <laughs> um, but no, that's that. The idea of that is just mind blowing in the sense that you know Tom Cruise doesn't make movies the way people like. No one makes movies the way Tom Cruise does right now, and it's astounding to get that um, kind of realism. So watching this movie, like. The, it's almost like I could feel the G forces in my seat. Like the seat, I I always I have a very specific seat that I buy every time I buy a ticket to see a movie, and it's so dead center in the theater that I don't have to move my head. Like peripheral, I can see everything. I can just sit there, <laughs> um, and you're just like it's like it's also a sweet spot for the sound. So like, and I know that makes me Sheldon Cooper, if you will, um, from that episode of Big Bang Theory when he was like looking for the sweet spot in the theater. Um, but I know where it is. So I'm sitting in the IMAX screen and I'm just like, I can't, you can't take your eyes off the screen. You can't move. It's like, you can't blink for two hours. And I, I and when I real, there was a point where I opened my mouth for whatever reason. And I realized I had had, my jaw had been clenched for an hour and a half. And I was like, whoa, like <laughs> um, just the intensity of the movie. Um, I absolutely... so in that... <laughs> Go ahead. In that Big Bang episode, is that the one where Sheldon's doing like echolocation in the movie <laughs> <Yes>. theater? To... <laughs> do you do have you done that before to find the perfect um, seat, though? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> okay. um, but I just, <laughs> just like, thought I'd clear that I, up. As I describe it, it makes me sound like Sheldon, right? Um <laughs> But no, this movie hit really hard on an emotional level, like carrying the characters forward. These guys knew the assignment going in, but I think that they understood their responsibility, not just to the characters, but to the story, to the filmmakers, to the Navy itself because of what they were doing, uh, feeling a responsibility to the audience to tell this like deep, meaningful story. Um, there's a lot of... as. You, I think I should let you say it because you talked about how we've seen a lot of fun Marvel movies, but yeah, none of them compare like they pale in comparison to how good this movie is because of the emotional weight, the emotional depth, um, the excitement you had watching the whole movie. Um, and that's, that's what I was saying, like related to Marvel movies. Like uh, I really like, my thing is, like, I, as much as I love the MCU, uh, Marvel does have a tendency to throw in jokes a lot. And it's almost it almost feels like anytime there's a bit of emotional tension, um, they throw in a joke and they break that tension. And, you know, for the last couple of years, I feel like most of the movies that I've seen in theaters have been Marvel movies. And Top Gun was like a great change of pace because there are moments in the movie where they let you experience a lot of different emotions and it just, it felt really fulfilling and just awesome. And then there is of course those comic relief moments, but they're so well spaced out. Um, they're just incredible. Um, I know like, like the moment when we finally get to uh, see Iceman again in person and how, perfectly they handled uh val kilmer's like voice loss like how they were able to play that out it was just so tasteful and like such a cool way to see maverick and iceman reunited and then uh that scene like you're almost on the verge of tears and then they have like that joke at the end of the scene but it plays so well because it was just perfectly timed and the joke was also like 
perfectly indicative of both of their characters like it was just so there's so much about the writing of this film that I find admirable and a lot of it is that like pacing and like knowing the perfect spots to put comic relief and letting certain emotions in the movie breathe and let you letting you experience everything and I think I think all that put together does make it for like make for a very immersive experience and that's not even commenting on the amazing special effects and uh yeah special effects as well as um i don't know what's the right word but the the amount of money and like military equipment (laughs) and everything they were able to put into this movie you know what i mean (laughs) all right i know exactly what you mean uh the other thing about the movie was the um is the fact that you grow up this is I, i guess in that toy story 3 moment where Andy realizes it's time to move on and he grew up and has to move on from the toys. Um, when I saw the original Top Gun, I wanted to fly jets. I wanted to be Maverick. I wanted, you know, like that's, that was me. Like, you know, I wasn't that old when I saw, I was much younger than I probably should have been to see that movie because I wasn't old enough to really like, I wasn't old enough to join the military or go fly airplanes. But the idea was like, that was the mentality. Like I learned sarcasm from Top Gun. I learned, you know, that you, you mimic lines, you mimic that kind of stuff. Um, but I wanted to be Maverick. And here I am at the age that I'm at watching this movie. And like, there's this scene where Tom Cruise is, or Maverick is in the bar. Uh, by the way, the name of the bar is the hard deck. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you caught that, but um, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, he's in the bar looking at the new generation of pilots and it's just like, I, I, it's not that I know how that feels so much, but I know what it's like to look across the room and see the new generation. You know what I mean? Like, it was just yeah. like, yeah, I get that. Like, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm still wanting to be Maverick, but I'm right there. Um, and I actually was, I'm really glad. I know the movie's titled Maverick, but I'm really glad that they didn't pass the torch, if you know what I mean, um, to a new generation. Um, this is very much about Maverick and right. where he's going and where he is and where he ends up. Um, I was afraid it wasn't, it wasn't like a bait and switch where like Maverick was there, but not the main focus, you know, right. Maverick was the main focus of the entire movie. Um, and it's just, it's so great and it's wonderful. And when you think about the love interest, um, you know, Kelly McGillis played, Charlotte Blackwood or Charlie, that was her call sign. And that was your love interest for the first movie. But why didn't they bring her back? Well, there could be several reasons why they didn't bring her back. But if you remember from the original film, Penny Benjamin, who was played by Jennifer Connelly, was the girl that he got yelled at about because she was the Admiral's daughter. And then when you get to meet Penny Benjamin for the first time, they talk about the Admiral <laughs> thing. And it's funny. Yeah. And, you know, you know you know the backstory if you paid attention to the first movie. Um, so there's, it, it was so great. And then their relationship seemed very genuine, which mm. was amazing about it. Like Jennifer Connelly's a great actress, but their chemistry on screen just felt real and genuine. It was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, it was just awesome. Um, I don't know what else to say about Top Gun other than everyone needs to see it. And if you don't see this on an IMAX screen, I think you're doing your I think you're doing the movie a disservice. 
Um, <laughs> so the, the theater that I saw it in, uh, they don't have IMAX, but they have an extreme theater, which is still bigger than the regular screen, but not quite IMAX sure. size. But that's the one thing I was thinking after watching it was like, would have been better on a bigger <laughs> bigger screen. <laughs> and if I have the chance, it would be awesome to still see this in IMAX. But uh, seriously, this movie, I've been like, I've literally been re- recommending it to everybody I know. Like, I'm like, I don't care if you liked the mo- the first one. If you don't even really know what it is, you need to watch this. This was like the best movie I've seen in a long time. And uh, not to too, not to do too much of like a retread on, you know, this re- recording that we just lost but drew you and i both said that if we had to do our top five list for 2022 right now this movie would be our number one movie for both of us and number one like this like and i thinking through like i know so many things that we got coming down the pipe for the end of the year and right now knowing we got coming i don't see anything that's trumping this Um, yeah and and i it's hard to imagine yeah it's hard to imagine anything beating it which is crazy but it's so awesome yeah um like we're even (laughs) well this one i was going to comment on one more thing that we actually didn't talk about before but with the main mission uh that they had to accomplish in this movie and how that all plays out there's kind of like a weird um almost like star wars homage with how the whole thing plays out which i'm sure you noticed um but i know what your thoughts on that were (laughs) i noticed um and I don't know if it was meant to be an homage to Star Wars or not, but I certainly noticed. Um, yeah, and it was, like, super cool. And then, like, you think back on the mission and you're like, I mean, that's kind of like a Death Star trench run, you know? <laughs> I didn't even Death, realize was, the whole time. It was a Death know? Star trench run with a Death Star dish, if you will, with a yep. Death Star uh, aim at the small target. Like, you know, yep. I totally got it. But then thinking to Star Wars... This movie, because of the camera work with the planes, the real planes, showed the speed and intensity in a way we've never seen it before. And I know that we have Star Wars Rogue Squadron coming. In my opinion, they have a they really need to deliver if they want to show how fast these things really go, because those are starfighters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, Absolutely. like, I'm sure it's going to be great. And I sure, and I know that I'm going to do that star Wars apologist thing that I do because I love star Wars so much, but Holy cow, man. Um, they have a lot to deliver on, in my opinion. And uh, I, I loved all those, like the cockpit shots that had like those free fall moments and stuff. Like you said, you can't act out, uh, yeah, you cannot act G-forces. <laughs> G-forces, yeah, that's the word. And, like, those were so cool because there's so many moments where you can see, like, the characters, like, cheeks, like, inflating and stuff just from the free fall right, right. and stuff. And it's so, like, it's so cool. It's so authentic feeling. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, this, this movie is so good. Like, you just have to see it. Um, I know. And I'm going to get I'm going to get the Blu-ray home and I'm going to watch it again and again and again and again. And again, I just I cannot wait for it. Um, <laughs> we could talk about this. We literally could talk about this forever because we just did. We and just, both conversations. Did, and then we lost, and feel... then we lost the show and then we got to start over and redo our review. And I'm like, dude, I could just keep going. Let's just talk about that. That's that's what I, both conversations. I feel like we ha- I still have more things to say because we haven't even talked about like the music in the movie. And like, I don't know. There's just so many angles to this. But no, Top Gun maverick yeah it's awesome just go see it (laughs) just go 
<laughs> okay, let's talk about the news because we got a bunch. Um, and it's all Star Wars because of Star Wars Celebration. Um, in the realm of news, there's two trailers that came out that uh, I told Peter to watch before we started recording, which we actually didn't get to talk about. So let's talk about the trailer. <laughs> yeah, that we? was kind of weird, actually. <laughs> we didn't get it. Well, because I was going to work the trailers into the news and then the okay. cut off. So what are you going to? Um, yes. Like we said, everyone, technical difficulties. Hopefully we got it worked out and we can get this recorded without having to start it over a third time. Um, all right. So here's the deal. So two trailers. First off, the Pinocchio trailer. What did you think? This was weird because I'm actually typically not that big of a fan of the live action Disney stuff. Like a lot of them, I think, are OK movies, but kind of like. I still prefer the animated version, if that makes sense. But this actually, I'm actually think this, I think this looks pretty good. Like, I think it looks like Tom Hanks playing Geppetto is doing a really good job. And he's really taking the role seriously and giving us like a believable portrayal. And then um, Jiminy Cricket, once he enters the scene, I really like how he looks. I'm glad that they didn't do a more realistic version of him like i kind of like that his design is pretty close to the classic animated design for this character like it just kind of looks like it's going to be i don't know they could have done like a realistic cricket but i think that character wouldn't necessarily be as endearing or likable if it was a more realistic version so i actually liked that they did a more cartoony design i'd like to say that they learned from lion king (laughs) yeah yeah, that would, uh, that would absolutely Lion King make with sense. No fa- Lion King with no emotional facial expressions on the end. <laughs> um, the, uh, the thing about the trailer is, it honestly, I can't stand the, Poke- the Pokemon. I cannot stand the Pokemon <laughs> story at all. It drives, yeah. me nuts. it drives me nuts. I hate that movie. Um, but this looks really good and interesting. Um, the weird part is... The 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 fairy that grants the wish looks right. weird. Am I like and I so <laughs> am I wrong with saying that? Like it almost I am so the girl's bald. That's the I think that's what's throwing me off. That the the fairy is bald and it doesn't look like a real person. Like, I had to oh, watch, okay. watch the trailer twice, and the first time I was like, is that even a real person? And it is. It sure is. And they basically did whatever computer they had to do over it to make it look like she was, like, translucent. But the first viewing, I'm like, that doesn't even look real. And then I watched it again. I was like, nope, that's a real person. And it might just be the fact that the girl's bald, which I think is really throwing me off in terms of, like, her being a fairy. Um that was the weirdest part about the trailer to me. I'm like, this look <laughs> that that really messed me up a little bit, I think. But what did you have any did you even notice that? I don't know. No, I did. And I don't know if it's like I think for the time period that this takes place, like it's not that often you see you probably would see women walking around with the shaved head in the I don't know what century this is supposed to take place in, but you know what I mean? And I don't know if it's like, I kind of chalked it up to like, this is a fairy and this is uh Disney just using like a more current actress who probably just actually has that haircut. Um, so I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And that moment did take me off guard, but I kind of just like let it go and kind of just enjoyed the 
trailer overall otherwise so yeah i don't i don't know specifically um <laughs> what else to say about that okay. um the the one thing i did really appreciate about the trailer was like uh i loved that uh they didn't really give you a good glimpse of pinocchio too um yeah, i think it was kind of cool that they pulled that punch and i'm looking forward to seeing what he actually looks like yeah i agree anyway but yeah so we'll see. I think once because that was a teaser. So I think we'll get more on the actual viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, the next trailer I told you to watch was the menu. Yeah. Now, I um, first off, I really like Anya Taylor-Joy. I think she's a fantastic actress. But I found out about the menu because I'm a fan of an actress by the name of Amy Carrero. And she announced that she had got landed the role of the menu a while back. And I didn't really know what it was, and she wasn't talking about it, like, on her social media and stuff. And um, the trailer dropped, and I was like, oh, the trailer for the menu's out, so now I get to kind of see what this is. This movie, dude. It looks like a couple's <laughs> retreat vacation where they're going to, like, <laughs> taste test food and wine and have a good time, right, at this, like, hotel or resort or whatever. Right. The chef seems, like, really kind of weird, and he's, like, feeding him, like, weird food and stuff. Um, do you think they're eating people? <laughs> I, that did cross my mind. Um, <laughs> like, this I, is, I like it turns into a horror movie fast and I was like, whoa. <laughs> well, I basically watched this movie, this trailer and I was like, okay, I have some questions. Um, and yeah, There's I don't. The reason Drew told me to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did notice like, there's a lot of like, uh, really cool actors in the cast and stuff like that. And, uh. It does look super interesting, but it is my favorite part of this trailer is I don't really know what's going on, but it does look intense. And like you said, it does look like this weird, almost like a couple's retreat where they're trying out different foods and stuff. But then it almost looks to me like it becomes like some weird like cult scenario where there's like something involved with possibly human sacrifice or cannibalism or I don't even know. But the movie looks like it gets dark and it just looks like a just kind of like a cool edgy new like horror movie that kind of came out of nowhere as far as I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm just, I'm excited, man. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it definitely looks great though. I don't, yeah, it's, it's hard to even, it's so hard to comment on, but it's another like watch this trailer. I don't think it spoils anything, but it definitely has me enticed. <laughs> so yeah, right on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, all right, let's talk some news. It was Star Wars Celebration Week, and we yes. started last week discussing news. Um, so I, Peter and I unfortunately got through some of this, so we'll burn through it again, if you will. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, all right, so the next Star Wars movie we will be getting in theaters. It was supposed to be Rogue Squadron, um, but due to whatever delays or shooting schedules or whatever is going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to, that's being pushed a little bit. So the next one to be out is the Taika Waititi film. We'll hit theaters in 2023. Uh, there's no title on it. There's no idea. Like, there's nothing really in terms of what the movie is. And they're going to keep it as close to the belt as possible. But um, so. But it is something to look forward to, especially seeing what Taika Waititi did with, like, Thor Ragnarok and stuff like Correct. It might be a cool breath of fresh air, um, 
yeah, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> There's an animated show coming to Disney Plus um, and Disney Junior in the spring of 2023. So this is designed for your younglings at home. Um, <laughs> it's set during the High Republic era, and it's going to be a real uh, original series that follows younglings as they study the ways of the Force and become Jedi. Compassion, self-discipline, teamwork, patience, and friendship. Um and they're going to learn all these things. And that's just cool in terms of, you know, having the younglings around the house. Absolutely. And what um, was that series called? It's called uh, The Young Jedi Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, to- which, which, oh, keep going. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't think you mentioned the title. That's why I asked. But you were saying not to be confused with. Not can be confused with Tales of the Jedi, which is going to be, <laughs> um, which will be, where is it? Yes, which will be uh, featuring, here we go, uh, the first season of Young Jedi. Now, Tales of the Jedi goes all the way back to West End Games, um, the original Star Wars role-playing game, and then there was a young uh, young adult novel series and stuff like that. Um, the first season of the show will be a two to three episode arcs, one that follows Ahsoka and the others centered around Dooku. Um, many voice actors from the Clone Wars are returning, and it'll have the same quality animation as the Bad Batch and the Clone Wars, which is amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that again. Like I love. I hope that that remains as the standard animating style for these Star Wars shows. I really do. I know it's expensive animation in comparison to like Rebels, because when they did Rebels, they're like, let's do it with a cheaper animation, and it shows. Sorry guys, I don't think it's going to age well because of that. You know. Hmm. Um. So that's going to be Tales of the Jedi. Um, yeah, really excited to see that. Um, yeah, that definitely and, actually seems sounds awesome. So Then we have another show called The Skeleton Crew, um, which has got Jude Law is going to star, but he's not their main star. It's basically the kids. This is a we talked about how John Watts is leaving Spider-Man to go work on. Instead of doing, like, the next Marvel movie, he's leaving Marvel for a little while going, I need a break from superheroes, and he's going to go work on Star Wars. Um, It's set to release in 2023. Jude Law is going to star with John Watts directing. There's also four kids that are the center of the show, and it states the four kids. um, The best way to describe this is that they're saying it's got that um, Goonies, Stranger Things, uh, Stand By Me kind of vibe with the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. in Star Wars universe. And that's really cool. And I wonder, Skeleton Crew makes me think that this might take place on a ship just because of the title. Um, oh, good call. You know, uh, it was just a thought that I had just now as opposed to when we talked earlier. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and, and we, we did, um, as far as I know, discuss this same project a week or two ago, but it was a little bit more vague. And it's kind of cool to hear some of these details um kind of released but thinking of uh shows like uh stranger things for example like i almost wonder if they're going to go that route where it's going to be almost like more of a monster sort of scenario but in the star wars universe which obviously definitely could work or is it going to be something else something closer to stand by me who knows but it sounds it sounds amazing you know yeah um all right i need to bounce screens around a little bit to kind of yeah here we go um yeah sorry the reason i gotta bounce screens is because i move stuff around on my because i 
I kind of build the show on my phone, if you will, because it's easy to do that during the week when I'm not sitting in front of a computer. Um, and then I have to, what did we talk about versus what didn't we talk about? Um, so uh, Ahsoka. An Ahsoka trailer was shown at Star Wars Celebration exclusively for the people who attended. Now, I watched it home streaming on my TV, and it was great because I had it on, and it was just in the background. So if it was like con floor stuff, I'd watch a little bit, but I'd also do stuff around the house, and then I'd be like, ooh, interview, and I'd rush back to the couch and watch the interview, and then, yeah. oh, wait, panel, and you rush back and you watch the panel. Um, but uh, Ahsoka... Um, they they exclude uh, exclusive Soka trailer. It will feature Ezra Bridger, Sabine Wren, and Harrison Dula. And Sabine Wren was brought out on stage. The actress was brought out on stage, so we all got to know who she is and all that stuff. And that was great. Sabine, when I watched Rebels, I remember she was one of my favorite characters from the get go, and um, I really appreciated her as a character, and I wanted more. And then her character got this really cool arc because she's a Mandalorian. Knowing that she's going to be in the Ahsoka show, we're going to expound on that character even more. And it just it just makes me even more excited for more of her. Um, so we'll see where that goes a little bit more. Um, let's see here. Let me jump over to this. Um Mandalorian season four is already in development. Season three releases in February of 2023. Season four is already in development. Let's go. This is great news. I can't Sweet. wait for more Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Star Wars Visions is getting a second season, spring of 2023. Um, I really liked that anime project. Um, I can't wait to see what new artwork animation styles they go with. But at the same time, just more of that. It felt like Star Wars, but it felt different. It just felt like... Nice. And I loved how different it felt, and I was watching it in just awe, because there was a... It felt very anime. And I know you know what I mean by say that, but mm -hmm. it just felt anime as opposed to just straight Star Wars. Um, I haven't... Uh, I don't know why, but I haven't watched this yet. I really need to, though. I think I just keep forgetting that it's there, but um, yeah, I need oh. to watch this ASAP. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> the uh, all right. So a trailer for the Bad Batch did drop. Did you watch the Bad Batch trailer? No, but I haven't watched the Bad Batch yet, so oh, okay. <laughs> that's why I haven't. <laughs> well, first off, you need to watch. That. You can spoiler stuff. You can spoil stuff. Well, that's okay. The Bad Batch trailer did not give me any so. What I got from the trailer was that you have these clones that are out of place because they're not siding with the Empire. They're clones. They're technically outcasts. They form this little group of themselves, and they're kind of just going around the galaxy righting wrongs. Mm. So the first season had an actual story arc they were following, but the way they left them off is kind of like, well, where do they go from here? Well, we're picking up the second season with – um. It's almost like they're trying to find their place in the galaxy. That's what I'm getting out of the trailer. But okay. other than that, I'm not getting really an understanding of what the overall story arc for the season is going to be. Otherwise, it's got a lot of cool action and sequences and new planets and getting to see some, you know, get just some cool stuff. I just don't know where they're planning and going with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, last week, we talked about the Andor trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because that was like day one. Like, here's just a 
ton of stuff. And we talked about the Willow trailer. Um, Willow um, is set to release on November 30th. Okay. Um, so I th- we didn't have a release date before, but it's November 30th is the release date. So when we talked last week, we just didn't have a release date. Uh, because everything was so new and they were just dumping stuff out for us. It's like, oh, Willow's out the 30th. Great. Um, so just to kind of close the loop on the celebration stuff. Um, and as weird as it sounds, Peter, we were about to finish. Um, we were literally about to finish the news when we <laughs> lost the Skype call. Um, so that kind of brings us to the end of the news, if you will. And what's funny about it is... We talked for 40 minutes and lost the Skype call. Here we are at the 40-minute mark, so we got ourselves caught. Really? Back. Yep. <laughs> um, That's crazy. I thought it, we went through it so much faster this time, but it is it what it did. is. And it did, and it felt like, a, and like you said, a passive-aggressive set of reviews. Like, <laughs> I already talked about this. <laughs> um, but no, that's just weird. So the fact that we're 199 episodes in says the fact that we haven't had this happen i knew at some point we were going to have a lost episode somewhere yeah and here we are with our first official lost episode if you will but we pretty i think we did a good job of recapping let's do absolutely we've you and i have been talking a really really long time because we try to record early tonight but (laughs) let's actually talk the list for tonight shall we (laughs) let's do it okay um so let's roll the thing for the top five okay um peter this was my pick um and we're moving into the realm of uh i was thinking to myself star wars i was thinking to myself you know just the things we're excited for right now and trying to draw connections and who what haven't we done yet um and I, I was like, let's do an actor. And I was like, who has a big body of work? So here we are. Sam Jackson, please. We're going to talk about Samuel Jackson's career tonight. Um, yes. And I feel like big body of work is an understatement. Um, preparing this list, I remember going to Sam Jackson's IMDb page and seeing all 200 roles that he's acted in. And I was like, this is crazy. But uh, he's been in some awesome stuff. So this will be a fun list to go through. Yeah, it will be. Um, it will be, and I some of the, there's a couple of these we've talked about before, at least on my list. So um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I, I have two. Um, okay. Do you want to go because I it's technically it's my pick, so you get to go first. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, so the first one uh, is a movie we have talked about before, but it has been. We haven't talked about it for a long time, but uh, I went with A Time to Kill, um, which I think is a great movie. It's a great like courtroom drama. Um, and I think uh, Sam Samuel L. Jackson, like his acting in this movie is really, really awesome. And it's really uh, compelling. And um, yeah, I don't know too much else to say about it. It's just a uh, to me, this is like kind of a classic film, but it might be because I saw it like uh when I was pretty young. Um, but, and I know drew last time we talked about this, I don't know if you said you didn't think the movie aged super well. I can't, I can't remember exactly what all we said, but, uh, I think it's a really good movie and everybody should see it at least once. 
Yeah, um, it's a really yeah. This is a really really good movie. Um, I haven't watched it in a really long time. It was it's one of those movies, in my opinion, it's a little. I find it a hard sit because of the yeah, sub, just because of the subject matter, not because and maybe, it's maybe that's what you said last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just really good. Um, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> My first honorable mention is a movie called Amos and Andrew. Have you ever seen this movie? I don't think so. Okay. Um, um, so yeah. this movie, so Nicolas Cage is in this movie with uh, um, Samuel Jackson. It's about a Pulitzer Prize writer who buys a cabin. The neighbors get suspicious when a na- stranger breaks in and they see a black man and call the police who start shooting at him. The sheriff tries to cover up. There's a whole big cover up um, and involving a white petty crook. Basically, what happens is Samuel Jackson's the guy who owns the cabin and he just moved to this new neighborhood and no one has met him yet. So they don't know. And Nicolas Cage breaks into the house and everyone's like, oh, there's a break in and they see a black guy and then it becomes this whole big thing. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. (laughs) But the movie is ultimately Nicolas Cage and Samuel Jackson trapped in the cabin together. And um, it's a really, really funny, like, it's a really good movie in terms of the plot, but it's also a really funny movie in terms of, like, the comedy and the way they play off of each other and the chemistry between the two actors and stuff. It's a fun movie. I haven't seen it in a really long time. It's like a mid-90s film that came out. It's one of my, it's actually one of my first introductions to Samuel Jackson. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this one was early on the list. And the reason I said I don't think I've I've seen this is I feel like I might have seen parts of it, but I definitely haven't seen the whole thing. But it actually sounds like a pretty cool, like, it sounds like it'd be a pretty fun movie to uh, check out. Yeah, I don't know where we'd, you'd be able to find it, but... Um, <laughs> it's got to be on Prime, fingers if crossed. It's, <laughs> if, if it's not, it's probably at your local library, man, like... Oh, uh, good call. Since there's no blockbusters anymore. Um, <laughs> so at any rate, um, Peter, your pick. <laughs> My next honorable mention yep. is a movie we've talked a lot about, but uh, I went with uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, this movie, out of all the newer um, sort of, uh, I don't know if you want to, like, legendary monster verse like i don't know what we're referring to all these new like godzilla universe movies but this is the one that i've really come back to the most and rewatched. and i feel like kong skull island has i think it has one of the most concise plots out of all of them and i think it's just really well executed from the beginning to the end and uh samuel l jackson has like such a fun role to this in this movie because i like how he ends up essentially becoming like a villain role by the time you get to the end. But uh, no, I just think this movie's really entertaining. Um, awesome, awesome monster special effects and fight scenes. And uh, I don't know what else to say. Like I said, we've talked about this one quite a bit. So um, we did. And it's interesting that you say it's concise. Um, I never thought about it. I just um, Samuel Jackson was good. I don't know if I expected him to be the villain, if you will. Yeah. Be kind of become yeah, absolutely. The movie. I don't know if I just I just don't know if I expected it. Yeah. Uh, but and, uh, and I th- I think I, I I say this movie is concise because I think of like um, Godzilla versus Kong. There's like so many different things going on, and then there's Hollow Earth, and then there's Mecha Godzilla and stuff. And the same thing with um, 
King of the Monsters, there's just like so many different characters and stuff. And this one just felt felt like a really cool, concise adventure film with like some awesome giant creatures and stuff in it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, um, I guess that rolls back to me. Um, my next honorable mention is a movie that I don't know, honestly, if it holds up the way it should. Still a really good movie. I just don't know if it holds up, and that's The Negotiator. Um, did you ever see this? I think I have. Okay, so <laughs> basically Samuel Jackson plays, uh, he's a hostage negotiator who yeah. gets framed for a crime. They're going to take him down. and So what he does is he, um, he uh, holds a bunch of people hostage and then asks for a negotiator and but he he himself is a negotiator so mm-hmm. he knows all the tricks he knows all the traps and all that stuff and he calls up a specific negotiator on the like i want to talk specifically to this guy and they don't really know what they don't really know what to say about that yeah um so they're just like what i don't understand what that means so um they get him there and he he picks in there because it's a the you don't know me, I don't know you thing. So you're not going to play the. I think it was more that you're not going to play the emotional card on me because you're not going to be able to appeal to appeal appeal to me as a friend or anything like that. Um, but the the mystery behind it's really cool and finding out who framed and all framed him and all that stuff. But at the same time, the execution's really cool. Um, seeing them like it's like a chess game between the two guys and like the, the way he fooled them to thinking he was actually shooting hostages when he wasn't. And, you know, it was, it was well done. So overall, it's a really fun movie. I just don't know if it holds up because I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I just remember popping up going, dude, I love the negotiator. So that's why it's an honorable mention. So. <laughs> nice. And this is another one where I think I did see this or see parts of it back in the day, but I kind of, I'm kind of loving how many movies Samuel L. Jackson has been in and how, his career has spanned multi multiple decades and there's these movies that I just haven't seen or even thought about in years. So it's like, I think I might've seen that one. <laughs> I'm not really sure. But it's all um, good. Um, what's your first actual pick tonight? Yep. Uh, yeah. So my first actual pick, um, we've definitely talked about this one a lot, but I went with uh, die hard with a vengeance, essentially die hard three. And I've talked about this movie a lot, but essentially I love in this movie how, one of my favorite aspects is the series of bombs that uh, John McClane has to um, disarm. Um, and he kind of brings in uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, who's named Zeus, to uh, help him out. And uh, if I remember him correct, if I remember correctly, Samuel L. Jackson's character was kind of just like a normal guy who got brought into this weird like bomb scenario. And it was like. I just think the movie has a really clever premise and it kind of feels like a game as you're watching them go through all these riddles to uh, disarm all these bombs. And it's it ends up being super suspenseful and it's a great diehard sequel. But I don't know this movie, I think, because at the time we're living now, Samuel L. Jackson is such a larger than life uh, celebrity and a lot of his movie roles tend can get kind of like more meme and meta and stuff. And I like that this is just kind of like him playing a normal role, just showing off like some good acting chops and just playing a relatable character as opposed to like some larger than life. Um, some of the newer characters that he plays, if that makes sense. So, yeah. 
Um, so we matched on this. Nice. Um, <laughs> this is this is another one of those early ones of Samuel Jackson for me. Um, like it's that thing where like you see someone in one movie and then you go watch another movie like oh hey it's that guy and then you start really <laughs> liking him and then you start doing deep dives into their career because you start enjoying him as an actor. Um, yeah, that's always Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> well, right. Well, he was—he's the movie. Was, who's, he's the guy who's in every movie. No, anyways, yeah. keep going. Well, no, this is one. You watch this movie because it's Die Hard, but I wasn't expecting when I started watching Die Hard. You know, you're watching a Die Hard movie, but I just wasn't expecting the fun dynamic between yeah. him and John McClane and how well the chemistry between the two of them played off of each other. It's—it was so well done, and I love how like John McClane. Like there was the there's the there's the bomb in the park with the puzzle like with the the weight with the with the water yeah, like, and yeah, John McClane's yeah. just kind of rattling through it and he's like hold on wait you got to do it like this you know and just the way they played off of each other and it, it was just great it was just overall just such a fun movie man it's absolutely it's, it's directed by the guy who did the first Die Hard so when you look at that alone. Uh, <laughs> That show that should show you a little bit about, you know, how like because the first Die Hard was Die Hard 2 was eh, it was OK. But at the same time, you got um, the first and the third one directed by the same guy. So it shows a level of consistency, if you will. I know I've said that. Absolutely. Before, but, um, yeah. Anyway, we matched. Um, so I'm kicking it back to you, dude. <laughs> nice. So um, my next pick um I think might contradict when we did our um, top five Marvel list, but uh, I actually went with the Avengers. And the reason I say that is because I don't know, I don't think this was my first pick for that list. So I think I'm kind of contradicting, contradicting myself. But the reason I went with this is just when I think of the first Avengers movie, not the first Avenger, but the first Avengers movie that came out, um, this was such a fun film. And, uh, I really like this one in so, that. Uh, real, real quick, Avengers one is your pick. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to enunciate the S, but I know that it's uh, maybe no, it was kind it, of confusing. No, it was but... more of me wanting to make sure I because you you started going off on a tangent. I was like, hold on, is he actually picking Avengers one? Yes, yes. To say Avengers and then pick something else. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I went with with okay. the Avengers, um, and I, I think this movie. I get. I just this movie is so much fun and I love watching it and it puts me in a good mood. And I think there's so many good Nick Fury moments in the different movies across the MCU. But I think this is one of the movies that I have the most fun with Nick Fury. in, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, so that's kind of why I picked this one. I know, like, I feel like his portrayal in um, the winter soldier was probably more, compelling and intense and stuff but this is like a movie that i just rewatch a lot because it puts me in a good mood and nick fury's role definitely has to do with that so um yeah i don't know i don't know if i have too much else to say about this one but yeah that's all right well since we're on a marvel kick and you figured at least one marvel film was going to make a list uh for me and the Marvel realm for Samuel Jackson, it is the Winter Soldier. Absolutely. Um, and that was like my runner up. Like I almost picked the Winter Soldier anyway. So, yeah, well, <laughs> go mean, on. you know, my love for the Winter Soldier. But yeah, the yeah, I, it was such a more intense story. And even though it was a Captain America film, seeing the Nick Fury, I guess, side of it, I guess mm -hmm. the best way of wording it is knowing how that 
plays and is interwoven into what's going on, it brings out some really good, powerful performances by Nick, uh, by Samuel Jackson, um, especially. And like, yeah, it's Samuel Jackson being technically Samuel Jackson, if you will. But um, seeing how that plays with the story they're telling and the deep espionage stuff, it's like they couldn't have casted it better. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's Winter Soldier. And we've talked about these movies so much that I don't want to go too nuts with them, if you will. But, yeah, <laughs> um, in terms of the repeat um, reviews. But yeah, so Captain America Winter Soldier, he's he is so good in that movie. Um, and like when things happen, there's a lot of emotional weight to it. Like, oh, my God, Nick Fury's dead. And then you find out he's not. Yeah. Dead. You know what I mean? So <laughs> just the emotional weight to all of it's really cool. So. And and I think like I think you're right. Like, I think this is the Marvel movie that he has the best um, the best uh, performance in. But I, I think it's just Avengers was more of a personal pick for me. But uh, that is what it is. So uh, I could move on to my next pick, um, which is actually still in the uh, comic book realm of things, because I actually went with uh, the Kingsman, the Secret Service, uh, the first Kingsman film um, in which Samuel L. Jackson plays Valentine, who is the main villain of the film. And uh, yep. <laughs> and this is a movie that this movie is just a blast from beginning to end. Uh, I remember seeing like a random TV spot for this movie or something before it came out and just being like, I don't know what this is. Uh, later I learned it was like, I'm pretty sure it's a Mark Millar uh, comic book, but I didn't know that at the time. I was like, I don't know what this is, but this looks super fun. And I remember it came out uh, Valentine's day weekend. So that's what, uh, you know, I ended up seeing it in theaters that weekend. And it was just kind of like a really cool action like crazy uh superhero level like espionage film that really took me by surprise and i was just like yes this movie's fun this is hilarious i can't wait to see what they have in store for uh the sequels that are supposedly coming out but i think samuel jackson plays such a cool and funny villain role in this movie and i like that um I don't know his his like main sort of villainous plot is also like pretty similar to some like real world conspiracy theories and stuff, which is pretty fun as well. But I just think he uh, I don't know. He's just it's a fun movie and he's just hilarious in it. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, and I feel like we've talked about this movie before, but Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Kingsman at all <laughs> at the moment. Um, Kingsman really surprised me. Um Seeing how, seeing how they, uh, how do I word this? The fight scenes, how fast they were and everything. Um, I wasn't expecting the the fight scenes to be as fast and as intense. Um, yeah. Expecting, um, I, I knew it was going to be an espionage movie, like a James Bond kind of a thing. I just wasn't expecting it to be as hyper violent and like it. There's really cool camera work in that movie that. I think gets overlooked when you look at the big spectacle of what films. Can. Yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson really surprised me with the uh, lisp thing. It was just, it was a really cool little detail to make his character more menacing because you almost didn't want to take him seriously. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's a really compelling performance by him, which I had a lot of fun with. So yeah. Um, yeah. Kingsman. All right. So moving on. My next one, which I don't know if I have to 
talk really at all about because we've raved about it a lot is Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> hey, we matched for this one. <laughs> I was I was wondering if we were. It's not really a. Um, it's not really a Samuel Jackson movie, um, and his role in it is minimal at best. Because when I first saw Jurassic Park, I don't think I was really paying attention to. Oh, hey, that's Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, he's got that line, man, hold on to your butts. Um, <laughs> you know, but, and he was, he's a really, he's a fun character just because of the events that play out with him having to deal with the computer stuff that Dennis Nedry leaves behind and everything. Um, his character was way better in the book to be completely oh, honest. Really? Yeah. To be completely honest, his character was way better in the book. Same fate too, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, thoughts on Jurassic Park? <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's a great film. Um, I don't know. This is another one where I just feel like I like the subtlety to his character in this movie, because like I said, like a lot of newer movies that Samuel L. Jackson's in, he plays like really over top over the top characters. And I feel like this was still Jurassic Park came out at a time when he still had a uh, his persona wasn't like as well known and stuff like that. But it's a great film. And like his character is. He's not in the movie very much, but I think when he's on screen, he's just super charismatic and super memorable. Like that hold on to your butts line, like people have been quoting that for years and it's crazy how much that like small line has lived on and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like we've talked about the movie a ton, but um, no. Yeah. Great pick. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, it does make me wonder if maybe, no, he's dead. Never mind. I was like, what if they bring him back for a Jurassic World? But I'm like, no, his character's dead. They can't. Um, <laughs> what, when you when you mentioned that he met the same fate in the book, did they do the whole gag? Because he was the one whose uh, arm uh, was yeah. severed off, right? <laughs> um, I don't remember if it was the same, like, because she if it like, played out the same way. Like the hand on the shoulder, and then you find yeah. out he passed anything. Um, I don't remember if the uh, if it was the same like finding the body part, yeah. So much as the him having to go down into the breaker room to reset the breakers and stuff like that, and then she follows him in, and then yeah. the raptors are in there too. You know what I mean? I just don't remember that. Right. I know that's the full thing, but you know that might have just been Spielberg doing a you know, jump scare, if you will. <laughs> well, it is a great gag. Like it is, uh, it's really humorous and it's just really good the way that it hits. So. All right. So that throws it back to me. Um, so mine's going to be Pulp Fiction. Oh, um, awesome. Did we match on this? No, we didn't. This made my short oh. list for sure okay. though, but great. Um, pick. This, I really do think that this is one of the movies that, I mean, Samuel Jackson was already on the map, but I think this is the movie that, like, cemented him on the map of the actor that he is today. Um, this is also the movie where many of the Samuel Jackson memes come from in terms of, like, <laughs> yeah. certain lines of dialogue that he says. And whatnot. Um, but Tarantino, this movie's great, and I love when every now and then I have someone who's like, I didn't understand Pulp Fiction there's there's a lot to unpack when you watch Pulp Fiction, that's for sure. Um, but this is definitely one of Samuel Jackson's absolute best movies. Um, I I haven't rewatched I haven't rewatched Pulp Fiction in a while. I think I 
I, I feel like I uh, owe it a chance. Uh, owe it the time of day to do that one of these days. Um, but I, I absolutely adore this movie. I'm a big Tarantino fan, but seeing Samuel L. Jackson in this was just, it's just absolute gold. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I haven't rewatched this in a long time either. So I definitely am kind of in the same boat, but, um, it's a great pick. And I think you're right. Like this movie, I think it did have a big hand in cementing him as this sort of, uh, really like household name sort of larger than life character that we all know and love. And um, yeah, like you mentioned the memes, like if you want to talk about just memorable lines from a movie and memorable moments, like this movie has so many that we've seen live on, like, like you said, in different memes and stuff. So uh, no great pick, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> too much By the way, to I feel like one. I'm talking over my words a little bit. Like it's, we, this is like, doing two shows in one night like I just feel like I'm getting really tired because I was tired before we started recording <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not trying I feel like I'm sounding incoherent but I could just be like it could just be me hearing my own voice um right on okay uh what's your last pick of the night then yeah so my last one I actually went with uh Star Wars episode three Revenge of the Sith Interesting. <laughs> did I we match for I, this one or no I actually didn't expect Star Wars to be on the uh list at all um, to be completely honest, I wasn't Interesting. sure one of us were going to pick it, but go ahead. What? Uh, I love this movie. I love Star Wars, period. We've but, talked I, we've talked a lot about Revenge of the Sith. Um, I know we've specifically talked about like this is, I think, one of the most misunderstood movies um, of all time as far as just people not understanding the end and. Padme's, Padme's fate and how that all plays out and oh, stuff. But, be out, I think they're going to understand it a lot more. Awesome. Awesome. Just, um, just saying. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Um, going going back into that, I just think when it came to Samuel L. Jackson, I just I don't know the prequels like episode one came out when I was in middle school and uh, episode three came out when I the like right around when I graduated high school. And the prequels for me are like there's this time in like my youth that it was just like every couple of years there was another star wars movie and all the excitement and stuff and i think the prequels do hold a special place in my heart because of that era and uh so of course when i think of samuel L. jackson i think of mace windu but if i'm gonna pick one movie that has mace window in it it's going to be revenge of the sith and especially because he has such a pivotal scene as far as um as far as the plot of this, the central central plot of the movie and seeing uh, Palpatine's transformation and how that all factors into Anakin's turn to the dark side and stuff. It's just really cool how big of a role Mace Windu plays in all of this. And I know um, I think uh, somebody I was talking to was saying that on on the Clone Wars TV show, Mace Windu actually is very unlikable or something in like subtle ways. But I think um, if you focus on the movies, I do think he's like a cool character and it's cool to see um, all that place out play out. Um, and then I, besides, like I already said, but this movie's great. So <laughs> I, <laughs> what were you saying? I hear what you're saying about him being an unlikable character. He is like my least favorite Jedi. of the Yeah. Um, and not that I don't, I, I love like, I like Mace Windu. I like Samuel L. Jackson. But when you compare, when you put him up there, there's these moments where, like, 
it's like he's not with you the same way the other characters are. If that makes well, sense. I think I think you can uh, even see it probably even going back to episode one, like the way he talks to uh, Anakin when he's a kid and stuff. He's he does seem like pretty stern and unlikable, even in those moments. Like, yeah, he's a, a pretty he's subtle against, way. He's against Anakin altogether. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and he doesn't he's you're rooting for the kid. You're rooting for like because you know what you want to see and whatnot. And he's like the guy in the corner going, mm, no. <laughs> you know and you're just like oh dude screw you too like but I, but i almost feel like he needs that with how everything plays out um oh yeah especially you when you get to this you movie a, you know you need a character to be that way and he is a pivotal pivotal role in the events that play out um he's a very pivotal role in the events that play out the formation of anakin of how anakin becomes vader um palpatine becoming what he is and all this stuff uh the Execution of Order 66, that whole nine. So he plays a huge role in that aspect. Um, I do wonder, because there's all that talk about, well, we never actually saw the body, so is he really dead? You know, argument. So, <laughs> Oh, man. I remember all the YouTube Snoke <laughs> theory videos that, like, Mace Windu's actually Snoke and stuff. Right. And right. So those we were pretty fun to watch, but yeah. <laughs> They were, and it makes me interested to see maybe Mace Windu is going to make an appearance in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, sorry, I yawned there. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Ultimately, whatever. I love this movie, so um, I totally hear you. And Star Wars made the shortlist for sure. Um, I just was trying to piece it together and focusing on Samuel Jackson performances and stuff like that. Um, all right, so my last pick of the night is a movie called Basic. I know I've talked to you about this movie before, but do you remember this movie? Have you seen this? I know I remember you talking about it. Um, I don't think I've seen it, but... So this is... Yeah, go on. This is the... Um, it's a movie about a bunch of uh, army rangers that go out into the jungle for a training exercise. And only two come back. Samuel Jackson was the commanding officer that led them into the jungle for the training exercise. And only two guys come back. Samuel Jackson's not one of them. And this whole big mis, uh, conspiracy uh, takes place of, are they all murdered? What happened out there? Do you right, right. kill them? Like this huge thing. It's, it's a really, really fun mystery movie about who's telling the truth, who's lying, all that stuff. Um, so Samuel Jackson dies at the beginning but then you get all these flashbacks of what actually happened out in the jungle and you're seeing everything play out and samuel jackson's incredible in this movie he's also like it's also like the aside from him being really good in the movie the mystery around why it was his unit why him all this stuff it's it's such a good puzzle of a story and a mystery and i know you really like mystery so i highly recommend checking this out um nice. John Travolta's in it too, Tim Daly, um, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Rosalind Sanchez. Um, I've drawn a blank on the other two guys uh, that are in. The, there's two other guys that are uh, names, but I'm drawing a blank on their names right now. Um, just really good. Um, so definitely check this out. So that's that's what I got. So basic. It's it's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I do remember you talking about this, uh, but yeah, with that description, I haven't seen it, but I think I'm just like familiar with it enough that I was like, have I seen this? I honestly can't remember. So, but yeah, I'll definitely check that out once yeah. I, whenever I get the chance. So, 
All right. Well, since we technically had to record this twice, are you ready to toss this episode in the can for the night? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. So next, here's what we're doing next week, everybody. Tonight we recorded episode 199, which means next week is our 200th episode. We've hit that milestone. It's awesome. Um, which is really weird that it doesn't land on our actual anniversary date. Not that big of a deal. Um, but next week is our episode 200. And for the list, we decided it's time to discuss Star Wars. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Star Wars the past couple of weeks, but that's because of Celebration. And that just had to be nice little happenstance timing. But it's time to actually give a definitive ranking to the Star Wars films and other entities that have come along the way. Um, and I love how news articles do that. They'll say it's the definitive ranking. And you're like, I don't know what news source this is. <laughs> Um, uh, or all the Batman films definitively ranked. Like, mm, I don't know if I'd say definitive. Um, so for Peter and I, this will be our definitive rankings of our Star Wars films and our actual top fives. Um, so join us. We'll probably we're going to see if we can get some guests on. If they fall through, it could just be me and Peter talking. But we couldn't have come along this way if it wasn't for listeners and the people who helped us get along this way. And here we are at episode 200. So, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to that because I thought our Marvel episode was really fun and it was yeah. the banter back and forth and just like really that's making your top five you know like I I really loved it so this yeah. should be definitely be um, a fun episode so it's going to be a real deep dive into Star Wars next week uh the because we're on episode 100 we did our Marvel deep dive so episode 200 here we go we're going to talk Star Wars I don't even have episode 300 in mind yet but. We'll <laughs> worry about that at some time later um so yes so peter you ready to close this one out for the night yeah yeah let's cool. do it um everyone do us a favor check out our website top5report.com there you'll find links to all of our social media twitter and facebook along with a link to our email top5report at gmail.com uh you can hit us up there hit us social media either way works um we are on google play iHeartRadio, stitcher apple podcasts you can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review, which we we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I'll be revealing what exactly I did with our lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, what would be really funny if one of these days our lost episode turns up and we can put it out there as a really funny, hey, this is what happened that one time. <laughs> we can maybe make a special edition of episode 199 or something like that. Yeah. Splicing right. the best parts of the lost episode. I know. All right, everyone, do us all a favor. Um, come join us next week for some Star Wars talk and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, everyone, have a good night. Peter, sorry, I didn't do the, I did the, I'm Drew. Oh, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, for the top five report, I'm Drew. No, it, it worked. Oh, I'm Peter. Yeah, have a good night, everybody. Mm -hmm.